Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening. You seek to deepen the connection to your multidimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life. So glad you're back for another episode of Evolving Humans. I have two stories for you today, both of them from people I've met along my journey. One was a student and the other a colleague. So this first story comes from a woman that I met at a gathering in Mount Shasta in September of 2000. She traveled from England to be there. I came from South Dakota. We both live from the inside out, listening for and then following to the best of our ability the signals we receive from our soul. I want to share this story from her road less traveled to offer you a different person's point of view and so you can get a better sense of just how unique our individual pathways to awareness are. Here's the story. Her words, my voice. In 1998, I sold a business and my home and moved to a new area of the country. I live in England. A series of events I recognized as higher guidance brought me to a spiritual development group led by a Reiki master. Soon after joining this group, I was introduced to someone from America who visited the area regularly and who was working with the ascended master known as Jual Kul, or the Tibetan, as he's sometimes referred to. After being guided through a pretty strenuous body cleanse routine by this person, I noticed my regular meditations were heightened to such a degree that the notepad I always carry with me would inevitably have at least two pages of guidance by the end of each session. This is where I learned the important lesson that when we cleanse and purify the instrument of our body, the messages Spirit wants to relay to us come through more clearly. I want to share my daily affirmation with you because it kind of sets the tone for what comes next. What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And to whom? One day I received a message from Spirit in response to this saying of my affirmation that took me by surprise. The message? I was to undertake a spiritual journey on my own. Those last three words took me right out of my comfort zone. The added challenge was, this trip was to be without planning and before the next full moon, which was only a week away. In my experience, when spirit guides you to take an important step, it often pushes you past your boundaries and into that space where the little ego mind starts trying to talk you out of it. And that's exactly what happened to me. 
I don't have time to go. I really need to plan out where I'm going to stay. I really should go with a friend and on and on and on. Until I just mentally yelled, shut up, at the little voice. I then announced to the world that despite the fear I felt, I was going to do what Spirit was asking of me anyway. I packed a small bag for the three nights I was told I would be away, selected the two crystals I was allowed to take from my burgeoning collection, had a little sulk because they were not the two I would have chosen had I been the one in control, and set off in the direction of St. Ives in Cornwall for the first time in my life. It was 250 miles from where I was then living, and at the time, that was a farther distance than I'd ever traveled on my own before. The journey itself was pretty uneventful, and when I arrived at St. Ives in Cornwall, it was about 5 p.m. in the evening. I was guided to park the car and walk, as apparently I was going to be shown where I was supposed to stay. By the time I'd walked around the village for 40 minutes, the light was beginning to fade and the voice of my little ego mind was working overtime. You'd better find somewhere before it gets dark or you won't be safe. You can drive out of St. Ives and come back tomorrow and look, just get in the car and drive home, and on and on and on it went. I confess, I did give in to that internal pressure and went into one hotel to ask about a room. They showed me the darkest, dingiest room. It is a weekend, madam. And it was so expensive. What was I doing here, I thought to myself. This intensified my need to feel in control. So I went into some other establishments only to be told I was unlikely to find anywhere on such short notice and that I should have booked in advance. After telling my ego mind to shut up, I decided to find a spot overlooking the beach. I centered myself and began to meditate, asking for guidance from spirit. I instantly felt better. And so I walked up one of the many hills in St. Ives. I told myself I was just going to enjoy the experience of my surroundings and wait to be shown what to do next. Although it seemed like my walk was taking me out of town, somehow it felt right to me anyway, so I just carried on. As I turned a corner, a beam of light shone out across the road and right into my path. It was coming from a small hotel to my right called Traveler's Rest. I stopped in my tracks and couldn't help but smile to myself. This was it. There was no doubt about it, especially given the level of tingling that was rolling through my body. What happened next was very special. The older woman with the smiling face who greeted me said, I have a small single at the back of the house, and she gestured to me to follow her up the staircase she'd just come down. But just as she was going to open the door to the small room, she paused. It was as if something came over her, and instead of turning the handle, she continued up the narrow winding staircase to another door which opened on this most magnificent space. I knew it was probably out of my price range, 
I was so moved by the beauty of the view of the ocean I glimpsed through the window, and the comforting, homey coziness of the room made my heart flip and tears well up in my eyes. I couldn't stop them from rolling down my cheeks. She touched my arm reassuringly and quietly spoke. Not to worry, dear. Since this room isn't what you asked for, and since you're staying more than one night, you can have it for the price of that single room. Everything just seemed to comfortably fall into place after that. In a small town where parking is at a premium, this hotel had parking only two minutes' walk away. Someone who had reserved a room there and a meal for the evening was not arriving until the next day, so the innkeeper invited me for dinner in that guest's stead. We chatted easily together over dinner, and although I was unsure whether to share my story at first, I eventually told her how I had ended up in her little town. I was guided here by spirit, I said. We spoke for over two hours, and later she let me do some energy work with her. I was attuned to Reiki by the woman who led the spiritual development group, and I used the two crystals Spirit nudged me to bring during that Reiki session. At breakfast the next morning, she greeted me as if I were a long-lost friend. She gave me a big hug and a beaming smile, and the news that she had slept better than she had in months, and that she felt ten years younger. The rest of my time there was taken up with spirit-guided walks to potent local energy sites, sunset meditations, and lots of time just being present in the moment, observing others as they went about their day. I was filled with a real sense of gratitude at having trusted myself to follow the guidance I'd received to make the trip to St. Ives alone. On my last day, as I prepared for my trip home, I found myself led into town again. To my surprise, I ended up in a local gallery. As I wandered, searching for a clue as to why I'd been drawn in there, a particular print jumped out at me. It sort of glowed when I picked it up, and I knew instantly I was supposed to buy it. As the clerk wrapped it up for me, I noticed the title of the print. The Way Shower. How fitting an end to this wonderful experience. Spirit showed me the way. More importantly, I allowed myself to be led. Little did I know then, but this was the beginning of a very long and exciting journey that would take me all over the world, and which continues to this day. This story takes place near Kansas City, Missouri. A small business owner does construction. He learns the hard way to pay more attention to his intuition. It seemed like everywhere I looked, I was seeing the numbers 1 and 4 in various combinations, and it was happening so often I knew it was more than just coincidence. When I started to ponder what these numbers were trying to tell me, the only thing that came to mind was 
Maybe a car accident that I might get into or the possibility I might fall off a roof at work. That last one was the more likely scenario. I own a roofing company, and I'm up on roofs a lot. A couple of days after I had the insight that the numbers could be about a wreck or falling off a roof, I had a couple of close calls with other vehicles on the road, so I breathed a sigh of relief. I congratulated myself that I'd paid attention to the numbers and got the insight and therefore avoided the potential negative experience of a car accident. I began to relax, thinking it was all behind me, but the numbers kept showing up. My crew and I had done a full roof for a customer a couple of months earlier, but we still needed to install the skylight. And until this part of the job was completed, we weren't going to get payment for the work on the roof. We tried a number of times to get the skylight installation job completed, but every time we scheduled the job, it rained. This happened at least eight separate times. It happened often enough. I was starting to wonder if Spirit was trying to tell me something, and I was still getting those numbers. On the day we were scheduled to put the skylight in, I noticed combinations of ones and fours on the digital clock. Rain showers were also forecast to be moving into the area by the afternoon, so I had a sense of urgency about getting this job done earlier rather than later. I also had a strong feeling that something was trying to prevent me from getting up on the roof that day. And the employee that was supposed to work with me on the installation, he was 45 minutes late. Then, when I got to the location, I realized I forgot the flashings, a critical component for the installation itself, so I had to leave the job site and go get them. Usually, any one of these things on its own would have been enough of a sign for me to just reschedule the work. But six weeks had passed since we tried to get the skylight in. Despite all those intuitive hits I received that almost caused me to reschedule the job yet again, my rational mind kept telling me just get it done. So we went ahead with the project that day. We had some luck dodging the nearby showers and we moved ahead with the installation. It looked like we were going to be able to finish up and get off the roof with the job done, despite all the obstacles we dealt with. Just then, it started to sprinkle. But when it started to rain, we were so close to being finished, I wanted to stay and get the job done. I did not want to stop. The roof we were working on was steep, and the pad I was sitting on started to slip. Before I could catch myself, I slid about 10 feet or so down the roof and then 10 feet from the guttering at the edge of the roof straight down onto the concrete below. As I fell, my mind was totally clear. I braced for impact, and when I hit the ground, the pain was intense. I thought I'd broken something, my foot or arm or something. As I lay there on the ground, the rain really started pouring down. I knew I was in shock, and I was in serious pain. After a mental assessment of the damage, I was pretty sure I hadn't broken anything and that somehow I had kept from hitting my head on the concrete, but my wrist hurt really badly and so did my elbow. I finally gathered the strength 
to make it to the truck. I sat in the cab, rocking back and forth, trying to do something, anything, to deal with the pain. As I started to feel a bit better, a thought popped in my head, look at the clock. When I looked over at the clock in the dashboard of my truck, it read 1044, the ones and fours again. As I waited for my employee to clean up the job site, I thought about the ones and fours and how I had stubbornly persevered despite a number of obstacles and how I let my logical mind run the show instead of paying attention to the signs I'd been given. It took him a while to finish the cleanup so I had plenty of time to think about everything I'd just been through. More than one thing had happened that day that under normal circumstances would have kept me from working. And just as I had the realization about all this, I heard that voice in my mind again. Look at the clock. The time was 11.44, the ones and fours together this time. I knew it was another sign. Those numbers had been flashing me a message, but I kept pushing them away. I made decisions with my rational mind instead of following those number signals and the intuitive hits I'd been getting. I powered right past them and paid a heavy price. Since then, I follow what I get now and rarely catch myself doubting what comes to me anymore. I still use my discernment and I pay attention to how I feel and what my other senses are telling me. But generally, I follow what I'm getting because I don't know if I'll be so lucky the next time I find myself on a roof in the rain. Well, that's my time for today. I hope you enjoyed these stories. Thank you for your continued support of Evolving Humans with your ratings and reviews. Please share this episode with two friends so together we can wake up the world. Thank you.